This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. everybody out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as always i am never alone sir please introduce yourself i am george lucas's tear soaked money gregory thomas aka gt rebirth (laughs) gt rebirth is here in studio and there seems to be a strong force within him we're here to talk about... It's called uh, Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, it's called Red Bull. It's been a hell of a week with Crisis, um, all the stuff, all the trailers that have been dropping from DC, mm-hmm. and instead of talking about any of that stuff, <laughs> 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 we've decided uh, to... to uh, we, uh, Something's been afforded to us, a, a unique opportunity has been afforded yes. to us. This is our second annual. You know, our first annual we went through and we uh, tackled some of the stuff of the first year of the of this podcast and now here we are our second year and we thought it would be cool to start tackling um some movies or movie characters and the comic books that are based on them uh we were always talking about the latest and greatest to come to comic books and comic book media and i guess i never um i never saw like the novelization of things right as anything special one of the first comics I ever remember reading was the novelization of, think, of X-Men. Okay. And so it was just shot for shot the oh, movie. the first X-Men movie? Yes, yes. Ah. That's like one of the first memories I have of reading a comic because it was easy for me to translate. I know, right. I know what it looks like, so uh, that was easy for me. But, um, you know, between any IP that's out there, I'm pretty sure almost all of them have a comic out. And so we thought with Rise of Skywalker, um, it would be apropos mm-hmm. to go back to I go with the the first Skywalker or the only really Sky the first Skywalker <laughs> to count the first Skywalker to uh, matter right Anakin Skywalker and uh, more importantly Darth Vader because I think that's the more interesting part of that coin for for a lot of people yeah unless you like unless you really liked Clone Wars <laughs> which a lot of people do um, right, right. Uh, our boy Yogi even went on on uh, record to say that Clone Wars is probably his favorite thing in the Star Wars uh, mythos yes um but. Uh, it, it was also the only time that Anakin seemed like charming and sort of a, a charismatic character because the Hayden Christian stuff was just really like pale and dry. Yeah. And like, you know, the Jake Lloyd child just kind of didn't connect with people. So I what I, what I think is great about this character of Vader is like this duality, right? This, this um, you know, Anakin and Darth Vader and how much of him, it, how much of him is each uh, portion of that. Um, and so initially when it, when, when we were first introduced to Darth Vader in a new hope in what, 1977, um, he's only in the movie for 12 minutes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he comes in 
he's force choking people. He's he's his cape is swathing as he as he walks through. No one's giving him any lip, and if they are, they're being force choked. Yeah. Um, and he's just this terrifying. It's a really well set up, like I guess, um, establishing shot in the sense that the the, the establishing shot is just like these people in a giant white room and a bunch of little white soldiers. Yeah. Um, surrounding this large, towering, dark figure. Yes, yes. Billowing cape and all. And, um... With so, a breathing apparatus that just never gets out of your head. That's another thing, too. You know, um, that breathing apparatus, that... That thing is iconic. And not yeah. only iconic, I found that it was trademarked. They really? have an actual patent. Yes. Uh, the sound effect is trademarked in the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office under trademark 774-19252. And it's officially described in the documentation as the sound of rhythmic mechanical human breathing, creating by breathing through a scuba tank <laughs> regulator. Um, so basically, every time you've heard that joke, there is money paid. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so um, we see this figure like you said this this big dark figure in a new hope um it's his uh physicality was played by um david prowse Mm -hmm. and interesting enough david prowse actually recorded the dialogue for that film have you ever seen that i've heard i've heard it It is not great (laughs) it isn't uh also he he just kind of has this like european eastern european accent or something going with it and it just kind of really really pulls everything back very distinct. Uh, the thing that sucks, though, is that Prowse was told that this was all going to be used. He, like, went and did all the lines for it. Oh, man. But eventually, um, George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, the series creator, mm. uh, claimed that he wanted a darker voice. Um, I'm going to say a creator of I'm Star say, Wars and I'm lots al- of people have different opinions on. <laughs> I'm also going to say a deeper voice. I'm not going to say a darker voice because he did actually end up casting a darker man in, in James Earl Jones. It, it, it is a... Uh, are we still doing phrasing? Yes. Phrasing! Right? <laughs> Um, uh, Prowse claims that he was originally told that he would be seen and heard at the end of Return of the Jedi. So he's like, you know what, man? It's not your voice, but trust me, there's going to be a scene where we take the mask off. Totally going to be you. Don't even worry about it. And, well, and- <laughs> he was seen at the end. <laughs> and they, but that- Until he wasn't. But the, the actor uh, that you see when Vader's mask gets removed in Return of the Jedi is actually Sebastian Shaw. So Prowse got none of it. I'm sorry, um, what? Yes. So, so that- <laughs> Yes. But not 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 that Sebastian Shaw. Not Kevin Bacon. No, no. no. And then um, Prowse also couldn't do the sword fighting, so they got a guy in uh, for there. Um, what was the, his name? Bob. Was it Bob Anderson? Bob Anderson. Yeah, fencing Bob, coach. Bob yeah, Anderson. Bob Anderson. So Prowse kind of got the the shit end of the stick, the Sith end of the stick. Yes. Uh, Whose only moment is at the end of Return of the Jedi when yeah. he gets to be amongst his his. Um, Force Brothers in Yoda and um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, yes. which then gets completely erased years later yep, when yep, they yep. add Hayden Christensen because he is the Anakin people relate to. What do you think about that? What do you think about I that, think it's that true. change? That change. But is- because it's the only time you ever see that character's face is in that last scene. Right. But then we put out three movies and a television series where we've had this face. Yeah. And this is the face that people now relate to Anakin. It's just like, may it, as well. It also brings up like that kind of like ghost question of like, um, so when you die, quote unquote, and you, right. your forced ghost is the personification of you or the right. the, the most you you yeah. and considering vader's like a third human and two-thirds robot and a third force or whatever right uh i can see i can see because because obi-wan 
because Obi-Wan is still old, but Anakin is the young Anakin. Right. And Yoda is whatever Yoda. Which I guess old Obi-Wan is, is the best Obi-Wan. I don't know how that works. They never even tried to Oh, no. I'm pretty good on Ewan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. That's the one people are really digging. But I think... also because I know that, um, what was his name? Um, the, 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 the actor that plays Obi-Wan. The new one? You know, the, the old, the old, old one. Old uh, one. Um, McGinnis? Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Have you, when's the last time you watched the original trilogy? Ah, uh, probably a year ago. Rewatch it again and just know that Alec Guinness hates every single word <laughs> he is saying. I heard, I've heard this. And so the, whim, the whimsical nature of, <laughs> of Obi-Wan really turns into like a not giving a, a damn nature yes. of Obi-Wan. Like, at first you're like, oh, he's just a quizzical, you know, and whimsical man. And it's like, no, he's just over this whole, all of it. Yes. This whole thing. I actually saw a scene, um, I guess it was, they were testing the footage for the for the uh, the lightsaber battle between him and Darth Vader. And initially, it was going to happen where when he struck him with the lightsaber, there was going to be like a spark. And he was going to like cut through him. Mm-hmm. But I guess somebody was like, nah, we're not. We're not about that. Let's right. just have the clothes fall, which sets a whole other continuity with what happens to your body after it dies and stuff like that. Which yeah. I thought was pretty interesting. What 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 death is for force sensitive folks keeps changing. Yes, and I think this book does a lot to to add some to add to the mythos of the book that we'll be covering here today. Because seemingly a lot of Jedi just get killed. Yes, but Obi Wan becomes one. Right. Right. As does Luke much later. Yes. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess they were faded that way. Huh? And, like, yeah, Yoda just takes a nap and, I guess, becomes one with the Force when Luke leaves. Yeah. That was, like, the most peaceful Jedi death we've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, he's like, the only one who kind of just take gets to sleep at all. <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap. Um, what do you think people like about Darth Vader? Why do you think he has such staying power? What do you think it is about this character? that? Uh, I think, and I, uh, I think most especially from a, a child's point of view, because most of the reference you get from... 30 and 40 year olds, maybe 50. It, it's that towering figure with the, with the haunting breathing apparatus that like you can't really get out of your head. And, and it's interesting in the sense that like, it's not a scary figure that has the element of surprise yeah. because you can hear him coming from miles away. Right. But like the fact that you can't, it, it's, it's the dialogue from that movie about cocking the gun, yeah. cocking the gun is freaking pointless. But it has a, a residual effect, effect <laughs> to hearing that sound that messes with you. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Pavlovian response. Yeah, you know, you know what's You're just going like, oh crap. That. Um, I think one of the best parts about his character is his design. You know that iconic helmet that they use to. Yes. Uh, it's basically modeled off of um, samurai armor. Right. Um, and initial- really, if you, especially if you watch the uh, the the older stuff, or you or you mess around at Knights of the Old Republic, this is really just a giant. Samurai freaking story. Yeah. Yes. Uh, an Akira Kurosawa kind of. What is that? Am I saying that right? Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I'm like, is there, there's a lot of Akiras. I'm going to make sure I'm saying the right one. Um, but yeah, it was always going to be thought that he was going to wear some sort of mask because they wanted him to be going in in and out of ships. Yeah. In space. So it was, they were debating over what they were going to do with that. And it becomes a mask helmet uh, combination that really. Uh, uh, makes him look otherworldly. Right. You know, even though this is like a, in a far, far away time where everyone's basically just wearing robes, he stands out. Right. He definitely stands out. I don't think he needs all the buttons and stuff. Like where other people can see them. Right. <laughs> I always wondered like why are there out there. Why does there no one just like aim for the notepad? Yeah, you understand? 
<laughs> and shut him off. But um, no, definitely like that. Like we, we were already talking about that. Um, the breathing, the cape. I think all of that, and also tele was it telekinesis? Yeah, the, it his forced telekinesis. I think. Um, is a big part of that character. Like, a big part of what people remember is that, yeah. like, not only is he immensely scary, but without lifting a finger barely, he can mm-hmm. choke you out. And, like, you, his will is very much seen in that first Star Wars. And seemingly uh, no distance is safe. Um, the announcement of a prequel trilogy, I think, got an entire generation excited because according to Lucasfilms, we were going to uh, finally tell the story of how one of the greatest Jedi in history got corrupted by the dark side and effectively becomes the galaxy's greatest monster. Um, this was particularly exciting because Vader, as depicted in the original trilogy, is kind of old and like half robot. I feel like you never get the, uh, get the sense that he's a robot till the end. Yes. Because you just think he... like. I have to imagine you just stilted, think... There's a little bit of stilted movement in the second one when they're Maybe, fighting. but like, yeah. I, I, would, I would imagine just like some samurai in that massive outfit, anyone's oh, yeah, right. Like, even right. if it was a whole person in that outfit, you, you can't walk normally. Yeah. <laughs> and they were given different, um, different directives, especially with the lightsabers. Like, originally in the first two films, they were told that the lightsabers um, were... were tools of such energy they had to be double wielded they had yeah. to be wielded with two hands right and then when they get to the third one everyone's one hand in it and then doing all kinds Samuel of cool. Jackson's just the baddest yeah. man in the world everyone's like, doing Whoa. all kinds of uh, fencing and stuff but um I feel like seeing the idea of like a I mean the idea of seeing a younger more versatile Vader you know ascend to like Sith Lord was like really interesting but most of the films in the in the prequel trilogy aren't well received. How do you think the prequels handled the task of fleshing out uh, Anakin and Darth Vader? Um, mostly poorly. The problem is, is that the first film can't do much with Anakin at all because he's like six. He's yeah, <laughs> he's a six-year-old child. They found he's going to just have child things, say child things, and have child decisions. Those decisions matter. Yeah. Because they point to where that character's going to go and why it's going to be problematic. Like, you know, the fact that he, by, by most Jedi standards, he's like, he's already made too many attachments, so he's going to have concerns for his mother and concerns for a lot of things. Right. The fact that he's, a, he's already a little bit defiant because he's already developed some kind of personality yeah. for himself. Even if but it's you're just right, a there's child. not really much. Even, even, even the signs that you would want to show, yes. you couldn't show at that early age he wouldn't have any concept of no the, of evil or any of those not at all if, if there was tvs he was just like i just want to watch cartoon network like, i don't want to do any of this so it, it's it's you have to pick it up with the second movie and the second movie just fumbles it okay so you think <laughs> that it was more it was more the job of the second ones to carry the heavy lifting of fleshing out anakin yeah i think that i think you're right and i also think that um in their inability to flesh him out in the first one, mm-hmm. they reside to it being a mostly Obi-Wan story. Yes. And I, I think that they just liked that. And then so <laughs> so that trilogy, in my mind, effectively becomes an Obi-Wan trilogy. If you watch it as an Obi-Wan story, it's almost a better set of films. Yeah. It, it's more about the failings of Obi-Wan as a Jedi Master than it is about... Um, the rise and ascension of Here's the weird Anakin. link I'm going to make. It becomes that weird problem then where it's like... It becomes that... Pe- I, with Gotham. Okay. It's a Gordon story. 
Right, right. We're right. also going to do the much more important character over here on the side. Yes, yeah. The the one, we're going to the, occasionally go to Bruce Wayne. Yes, yes. Who is growing into the Bruce Wayne that you know we're, and into Batman? Yeah, we're following. We're following an. Uh, uh, we're following one man. While the other one we're just going to tick the boxes for because we know he has to get somewhere. He yes. has to be somewhere. Where there was very, there was way less said about Obi-Wan than there was about Vader. Mm-hmm. Or about Anakin. Almost um, nothing said about Obi-Wan. What do, you like, what do you think about the idea that originally it was intended for Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker to be two different people? They were going to kill off Vader and then I guess maybe eventually meet Anakin or you'd find out that Anakin was still alive or something else like that. And then they decided to just, the one-two punch of making Vader... The uh, father figure of that's probably Luke and a much more like uh, archetypical story. Yeah, what I wonder how when was the first inclination? Or what was the first story to be like? And your dad's the one, the asshole that you gotta beat up. <laughs> you know, like where does that come from? Maybe that's like from since novelizations. Maybe, um, but this is one of the first ones I remember mainstream of like, oh, it's your pops, bro. Like yeah. he's not now, and he's not dead, but. You know, he's but the, now, and now it feels so ham-fisted because it seems like there's always a story where it's just like, and the bad guy is your wayward father. Yes, or your brother, or that. that remember that family member you thought died, and you were really, really bummed about it. He was in Wakanda no, the they, entire they, time. Exactly, which they, they were, just did in Ironheart. Oh um, my! Did they really? Yeah, the the <sighs> father that they thought like went away and died was like has been in Wakanda. When um when I when I got. Originally, like, cra- when I was doing crazy comic Spoilers binging, for a basically. book that's ending, by yes. the way. <laughs> Aw. Um, <laughs> when I got crazy into binging comics, like, just just consuming whole story arcs and stuff like that, you start to see a lot of, you know, um, things, conventions that a lot of yeah. writers use. And um, that was definitely one of them, to the point that whenever anyone got mentioned as someone who died and it mattered... I'm like that person's just gonna. I'm yeah, just waiting. I'm just waiting for that person yep. to show up, uh, or for us to find out that the story that we were told is not the exact story right. uh, that it was. Unreliable narrators. Speaking you of know, which, your family died in Argo City. Cyborg Superman is your father. By the way, speaking of which, with um, with the change, because obviously he wasn't initially going to be the father. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to retroactively, right? Uh, <laughs> like. You attribute all his actions now mm-hmm. from the first two, before the prequels are even created, right. they have so much more weight. Yes. Once you're done seeing uh, Empire Strikes Back, which some people call one of the greatest sequels of all time, mm-hmm. um, you now have a third dimension to this character. Do you think that works? Like, that, that retcon kind of, of like, and he was the father, everybody. And now when you look back, does it feel like that connects? Does it feel like... Um, I certainly think it does, but, uh, like, there are also a lot of weird decisions. There's, there's decisions that get made in, in that first movie that end up being kind of questionable and makes you wonder how much of the story was fleshed out as the first movie got written. Yeah. Like, you know, because then there's also, like, the weird, like, Leia kisses Luke scene, and it's yes. just like, yes, we know Leia didn't know, but the people who wrote that did. Exactly, so <laughs> how does that, yeah, exactly. Why did we make that decision? Because um, I think initially it was said that Darth Vader killed his father. Yeah. Um, which, you know, ends up being the certain point of view kind of crap that they pull off later. That's the retcon that I say. He's like, oh, yeah, well, you <laughs> it's know. It's like, well, he did from a certain point of view. 
I'm glad they made that. I'm glad that they ended up making the choice of making Darth Vader his father because we get um, one of the greatest and often most misquoted scenes in cinematic history. Yes. Where uh, Vader said, if you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And then Luke says, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. And he goes, no, I am your father. Which is often attributed to Luke, I am your father. Yeah. I guess that's short term. But nope, doesn't doesn't say his name. Doesn't really. No. That's... Doesn't care for him that much. <laughs> so by the way, bro, I am your father. Um, and then you get the... No, no, no. What did they tell him in that moment? What was his directive? It's it's probably my second favorite no scream ever. No. Compared to like <laughs> Dr. Loomis in that uh, fourth Halloween movie. I really like the James Earl Jones no from Revenge of the Sith that this book basically no. starts with. It. No. Especially when you consider that he sounded like Hayden Hick Christensen like a half an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, like, y'all, y'all just uh, found this. I just, want, I just wonder how much James Earl Jones got paid for one line. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, well, I think what? that that uh, when my only complaint about the prequels, what I'm trying to say is that I feel that the most important parts uh, should have been how he reacted post-episode 3. Like, okay. I think they should have moved the timeline. Maybe if the, the events of 3 happened in 2, and then the third one was just all-out Vader, mm. I'd feel a little bit better. Um, but... You, want, I, you know what? I, if you wanted to make an argument, I would have... I, I could make... I could agree with any argument that just says the first movie doesn't happen and we go second, third, and what the comic book does. Yes. At least for a little bit. So that's what I was going to say is that this comic that we're going to cover, the 25 uh, issues of the um, 2017 and 2018 run by Charles Soule, um, literally scratched that itch. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so impressed by how much I didn't know I needed this comic. <laughs> like it adds so much um to the I and me personally you are I feel welcome. like it, it, I, yeah <laughs> me personally I feel like it adds so much to the mythos of the character it adds so much to um what could be perceived as a very petty man <laughs> right as a very petty very um emotional man um we get some of the nuance in this comic and I think the greatest part of this comic is we see him kind of fail at several points, mm-hmm. or at least get tripped up. Something we've never seen. He's unfallible in the in the both trilogies, kind of. I mean, you see him uh, go through his you know hardships in the prequel trilogy, but he's ultimately the greatest fighter. He's the but greatest. But even then, like, like by the third movie, there there is literally a, a, a city little exchange at the beginning where you know Obi Wan accounts how many times Anakin has saved his life. Right, right. Like he is, he's perfect. So. This Except that really, business on crate that didn't count. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't tidy those numbers. Um, but yeah, what do you think about this? I guess going I liked on? it a lot. I, I, yeah, I was just as impressed with you are because it, it really, man, movie tie-ins can be such a tough game. Yeah, they can. <laughs> as be. can video game tie-ins yes. and anything else that is a connectivity from comic book to another medium. A lot of them get worked haphazardly, and a lot of them are not very good. Right. Uh, we made a joke a few episodes back about how, like, the bar was kind of injustice. Yes. Um, I mean, we we tackled uh, Superman and Terminator. And yeah, that, that's what I mean. That wasn't uh, great. No, it <laughs> and wasn't. I, and I think that one of the symptoms that we see when, we, when we're reading these tie-ins is that some people don't want to play with the canon too much. Right. They have, you know, they're very scared to, to move things around. And 
let, let's talk about that for a bit. The whole like expunging of the of the um, extended universe. Mm-hmm. Um, f- so you have this first trilogy of films. Fandom rages. It, this is, I think, the number one merchandising franchise, mm-hmm. cinematic merchandising franchise of all time. Made right. millions. So I many mean, Ewoks. Yeah, Harry Potter's up <laughs> soon, but they got like a thirty-year head start on that. So, right. so there's that. But people started literally continuity and canon started pouring out of people. They made a whole series of novelizations, video games mm-hmm. with three-dimensional characters that have history that all intersect. And then when push came to shove and we got to episode seven, we were told all that was <laughs> basically thrown out. Yeah. Like, um, you, you still have things like Rebels. Which I think they were right to do. Right. But there was a lot of conflicting, right? There, no, there was a lot of conflict. But there was this idea... And I, I always related it to the MCU because it's a, there are two completely different distinctions okay. when it comes to the fact that there are book mediums, that there was a medium for books and comics and movies yeah. in that um, that scope of that, how do you say, that, uh, that IP okay. or that uh, franchise. Right. Whereas with Marvel and even with DC or whatever, the movies are picking and choosing and then morphing these things to fit the story they are telling across, you know, however series of films. Yeah. Or just however, or even across just that one film to make what would be hopefully an entertaining and profitable film. Yeah. Star Wars is telling everything that exists in the same canon. Yes. So, if Disney wants to make more movies, we now have to navigate through a minefield or an asteroid field of canonical stories that cannot really be traced and some of which even some of which even contradicts other stories yeah, and then figure out where we can tell our story and it no that's another thing you know um <laughs> we, we talk about it all the time when it, especially when it came to Batman on Tom King right it's mm-hmm. like this idea that he the issue with him was not um you know whether or not he should be allowed to do these things with Batman, mm-hmm. it was the fact that he was doing them in the main continuity. Yeah. And so um, with with movie tie-ins especially, there's nothing to argue. There's only one continuity, so if you're creating another chapter, it's got to be in that continuity, right? right? Like, why would you? Why would it exist outside of it? And so um, they scorched Earth. Majority of the EU was uh, taken out. And so... Um, well, at least, with, you know, it has been branded Legends. Yes. It Legends. it is it is potentially possible until we like until we confirm or deny. Yeah, and so this series uh, starts right off with Vader waking up in the black suit at the end of the Revenge of the Sith, and thus it gives us a brand new canon to this character. And that's what's the most important is like none of this is a forced dream. None of this is you know yeah. the accounts of a, a third hand account from some Jedi who thought he saw this. Right. This is what happened. With the Darth Vader character um, right after those mm-hmm. events. So let's get right into it. Um, let's go over the first story arc, The Chosen One. So this is the excerpt that starts off the entire story. The Clone Wars are over. The Jedi are defeated. Palpatine has become Emperor, finally in position to bend the galaxy to his will through the power of the Sith. Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker has fallen to the dark side of the Force. Swayed by Palpatine's promise to help prevent the death of his pregnant wife, Padme, Skywalker betrayed the Jedi and became the Sith Lord Darth Vader. Defeated by his own friend and former master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Vader was left to die on the volcanic planet Mustafar. Retrieved by Palpatine and placed in a suit of cybernetic armor to preserve his life, Vader awakens to learn that his wife has died. Now for Darth Vader, there is only... Rage, Pain, and the New Galactic Empire. 
So the story opens up where Revenge of the Sith left off. Palpatine, now Darth Sidious, tells Vader the fate of his wife Padme. Even though Vader is floored by the news, Sidious explains that her death imparted him with the rage that he would need to become the man he was meant to be. When asked what happened to his lightsaber, Vader explains Obi-Wan took it, to which Sidious challenges him to get a new one, but to make it a weapon fit for a Sith instead of a Jedi. To do this, he must take a lightsaber from a living Jedi, remove the kyber crystal, and infuse his rage into it to make the blade crimson. We are shown a lightsaber burning ceremony where people are happily destroying Palpatine's, uh, happily destroying these tools as Palpatine's war on the Jedi stretches across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Did, were you aware of this technique to make the lightsaber red? Because um, I was not. <laughs> and not, I was like, I did not know this is what you did. Uh, like, like somewhat, but like okay. mostly because just like I had seen YouTube videos that had like um, gone over moments in these comics, but not yeah. necessarily over the book. Right. Like, I didn't know the stories. They were just like, here's how lightsabers right, right. turn red. Like, oh, really? Here. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I'm guessing this is it across the board. Uh, from a Jedi and... Felt, essentially. Felt it for the rage. Um, I'd love to meet the Jedi that had a cross-bladed lightsaber, but... I, well, that's another thing I uh, I guess I should ask. Can we use this to inform the rest of the I think, series? I, I think you usually have to, but that's also, like, the problem that happens with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Because I am looking at this, and I'm trying to see, you know, there's a story later on... With uh, a Sith using the ability to impart himself into a piece of of um, equipment. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's... I mean, the, it is literally canon, but I'm wondering if that's something that they're going to pull out of their uh, tool belts uh, come the future of this franchise. Potentially. It's usually a lot of things where, like, some people who are with their Force sensitivity have, like, different powers than others. Like, yeah. most of the base stuff is there, but some people have techniques that other people don't. I like that as well. That was also expressed, right? That some certain people have um, sought to seek different ways of using the Force or the dark side. Yeah. How do you feel about this lightsaber burning ceremony? <laughs> I I was just like, man, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, me- media corruption is a hell of a thing. Yeah, yeah. They were all for it. Everyone was was burning those things. I was really surprised that people were so quick. It's so interesting that in a in a in a faraway galaxy that seems so technologically superior to ours, they can't transfer news very well. Yes, yes. Um, I also, you know, be, between the beginning of this story and right here, where he tells him how to make the blade, there's a lot of weird. Uh, I, w- I mean, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, manipulative <laughs> stuff that, like, weird power plays that Sidious yeah. is doing while he's talking to Vader. Yes. Like, at one point, he threatens him, and then, you know, he gives... But he's always almost threatening him, but then in the same breath, being like, but you're the only one. You know, yeah. like, and, and you're the... Which I guess is, you know, he's gaslighting the guy, but he's all all about this, like, um, you know, you're the chosen one. Don't even worry about it. And, what like, what a BS comment like he's like you what do you mean padme is dead you told me this whole thing with us so you could be alive and he's like yeah but in your rage you picked a different path and it's like what there wasn't even an option like you didn't even bring that up right so uh we already see early on that sidious is not playing fair with anyone which i guess is it you know that's all palpatine it's also interesting to see that like with such a uh with such a powerful figure by the way the movies portray him, like to watch him just be cut down by Sidious constantly. Yeah, yeah. and this is the stuff that happens behind closed doors. He couldn't do this right. um, in front of people because then people would respect Vader less, which is why I say that this book 
is so awesome because you get to see what happens behind closed doors. Somebody getting admonished by, you know, yeah. that? like like even the big bad being admonished by the bigger bad, you know, mm-hmm. which is something we see in um, the new trilogy, mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy, and uh, people actually like that's one of the things that p- made people think less of Kylo. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, he's getting bitched out by Snoke. Yeah, but they all kind of do. We just haven't never seen it before. Of course they do. That's how eh, everyone has a boss. I, 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 <laughs> But but it's also just like like how do you keep a weapon on the string with a more powerful weapon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the man with the biggest stick, uh, stick people, biggest stick. So <laughs> so Vader uses Imperial archives to find a Jedi who escaped Order sixty six, but stormtroopers, not knowing who he is, try to take him down, and he handles them easily, including using a for- using the force to hold back a grenade. That was a pretty badass moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also, like, people, I love, and this is throughout the story, people gossiping about Vader. Yeah. <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know. I think he's a Jedi. A Jedi, but we don't, there's no Jedis on this team. Um, what do you, how do you feel about Palpatine using Jedis to hunt Jedis? Um, I, I'd imagine it's just intelligent, like. Because other people, remember? other people don't seem to get the nuance. They really think it's like a betrayal of. Of, uh, um, I think it's all about like how much information you fed and like how you fed it. Yeah, because if you're like these dirty, horrible, yeah. disgusting Jedi's, right? And then you were like, "But these are mine. These like these these guys are mine." So I don't even but worry about useful. it. <laughs> yeah, they're those guys. Are, those are the good ones. They're useful. Um, Hell bent to accomplish his mission, Vader journeys to find Master Infala. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm gonna butcher a lot of these names and rid him of his. They weapon. don't help you. No, they don't. Master Infala had lived the life of seclusion and took the brash vow. The brash vow was an oath taken by Jedi who completely refrained from all activities related to the Jedi order as a form of penance, disengaging from anything but the force itself. I love that there's an in universe canonical reason for why some Jedi's became pussies after order 66. <laughs> Cuz when I read that I was like, all right, at least you have a reason. At least you have an excuse. That's all that really matters, you know, the excuse. Oh, my God. Um, so, all Infala has been doing all this time is training to fight, turning himself into a vehicle of combat. When Vader arrives, the older Jedi considers putting him through the, a series of trials before he deduces that Vader was the one behind Order 66. This fact enrages Infala, who then decides to allow Vader to confront him on top of a mountain. They fight, and Infala handily destroys the young Sith and throws him off a cliff. How do you feel about this first uh, impression of Infala and Vader being like crashing upon the rocks below? <laughs> I, I, these things always kind of mess with me a little bit, and yeah. I hate to be the person that, that imprints himself onto decisions in a story. Right, but it's also like with something this serious, I'm always thinking, why throw him off the cliff? Okay, why not like, do something why? much more definitive and, and just slice no, him into little pieces? I know that he's done, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes you think. Why not? Why not uh, take the extra mile? Right. Go the extra mile and literally even just then, make like, sure like, yes, yeah, like, like, cut them into pieces, put them all in the separate jars so they yeah. can't reconstitute or <laughs> right, do something right, right. ridiculous. Like, what do you think about the initial plan of like having him go through a series of trials? Like, I was like, what do you? I thought that was gonna be. I thought that was gonna be just like like the book. Yeah, like the book would be him going through these series of trials and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like watching Bruce Lee go through every floor. But I love how, like, the first one is, like, these big birds, and then he, like, kills a few, and then the guy's like, you know what, just bring him up. <laughs> just let him up. <laughs> We're just going to go through this anyway. Um, 
So Vader survives the fall, but his robot body is badly damaged. He fights his way to his feet with the newly invigorated, oh, sorry, while the newly invigorated Master Infula thinks that he's been destroyed. Infula tries to escape the planet and find what has become of the Jedi, but Vader returns in rage from their previous battle. They fight atop a dam, and when the police force of that planet distracts Infula, uh, well, I think I got, oh yeah, the police force of that planet <laughs> shows up to apprehend them both. Vader lifts them by their throat and over the edge of the dam. This is enough to distract Infula, as the wise Jedi uses his force to safely lower the officers. This is all that Vader needs as he deduces Infula's true weakness, his ability to care for others. Vader then destroys the dam they're standing on, and while Infula watches in horror, simply uses the Force to take his lightsaber. Um, How would you feel about the revenge of Vader? <laughs> this felt like petty Vader. Yeah. This felt like, oh, all right, all right. You understand, Link? I'm sick and tired of this. Um, There's that cool scene. You know, he's he crashes upon the rocks below. And he's all his circuitry's like sticking out. And he's missing limbs, and he just like force rips them off of a droid and like it's like patchworking himself. It's even interesting there. to see like like that image of Vader like in different patchwork colors. Yes, yes, and like he becomes like this weird zombie man. Like he kind of is. Mm-hmm. He becomes like this weird inhuman force coming after Infula. And Infula thought, like you said, he was like all like, oh yeah. I think at one point somebody asked him like, I felt like there was a. Like a dark force, he's like, "Oh yeah, that's taken care of. Yeah. Don't even worry about that." And then Vader shows up here, and they're like, Stupid. "Is that who you said not to worry about?" <laughs> um, but I did like Vader using his uh, compassion against him, mm-hmm. seeing that he, even three people he would care about. So of course he would care about him destroying the entire dam. Yeah. And this is our first inkling of of comic Vader wiping out a bunch of people just because they're in his way. Yes. Uh, which I thought was interesting. But this is, I think, this is the um, best part of the comic here. Um, shortly after, Palpatine programs Vader's ship to travel to Mustafar, where Vader is to corrupt his kyber crystal. In trying to do so, he has a vision where he chooses the light side, kills the Emperor, and begs Obi-Wan to accept his apology. This goes well until Force Vision Obi-Wan refers to Vader as Anakin, which snaps Vader back into reality. Vader successfully imbues his kyber crystal with his rage and presents his newly crimson weapon to the Emperor, continue, continuing to pledge his allegiance to the dark side. Man, love this issue. <laughs> I really, I don't know what it was, but I guess maybe I never, I never assumed that Vader ever thought about, ever regretted right. anything he had done. So in this instance, seeing another path for him mm-hmm. and one that seemingly would have made him happy kind of at that point right and where the whole galaxy would have went but just his freaking rage man his his stubbornness what would you attribute to why he chose to to stay in the dark side um uh, probably just the the uh, like there's the allure power and like but also all the pain Seduction, he's in yeah you know it it was it was a lot easier to draw him toward that other than um, what would it, what would it mean to go through, like, having to portray Palpatine and then, like, march his way all the way back. Yeah. This is one of the instances where I It's all I about like choosing, to... like, the easier path, and, you know, that's the easier one. This is not good. I don't have the artist for this book down. Um. But, but I'll see what I can find. But, um... I wanted to mention the artist because I think, man, 
that the artistic way of them showing uh, Vader's choice. Mm-hmm. So when when he's having this Force vision initially, and he, you know, the Vader's, um, he's like, "Did you do what you have to do, Vader?" And Vader's like, "Yeah." And he turns on his lightsaber, and it's green. Mm. And that first inkling, instance, I'm like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> like, right. What's going? And then he just strikes the Emperor down, and um, you could. And I'm pretty there sure there was a moment when that, when like, once the lightsaber turns green, I was just like, "That's not how it goes." <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And then he, you know, he bows down to, he takes a knee, uh, in in humility in front of Obi Wan, which I thought was like heartbreaking, um, stuff. There, I was like, "Man, this is really getting it." But then watching the, the pencilist is just Giuseppe Camucoli. You know what? That does sound familiar. Did I not write that down? I don't know how to say that name correctly. And we're sorry, but you do um, tremendous work on this book. (laughs) Colorist Uh, David Curio, anchor Danielle um, Orlandolini, because there's always a lot. There we go. There's always a team that goes into the art. Yes, there is. Um, And we thank you guys all, because like I said again, when when, when history gets re... no, when history goes in the way it's supposed to, in the direction that it's supposed to, and he um, comes to with his force vision, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool when then you get the, the scene playing out the second time. Yes. And he says, like, have you done, you know, did you do everything you're supposed to do? And he just turns it on and it's red, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is where that goes, man. It, 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 for a second there, for a, for a moment there, for a moment you saw the redemption of Anakin Skywalker, and then... Just like that lightsaber turning on and off, it, it was gone. Um, and also, obviously, there's sound effect, you know, onomatopoeia panels yeah. <laughs> of stuff. But is it me? But I can hear every lightsaber in, in this story. Oh, yeah, totally. Story. Like, you just, you just know. <laughs> in this story, every time somebody, you know, turns one on, I can just hear the vroom. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool stuff. But that is the, um, the Chosen One story arc. That's one of my favorites. Uh, let's talk about the Dying Light, which is issue 7 through 10. So Vader recovers from battle, and the Emperor tells him that his robotic body is his to repair and upgrade as he wishes, which I thought was kind of cool because um, he was mangled. Mm-hmm. And so it should be something that he's constantly working on, constantly improving, you know, which I probably would have liked maybe then if it was like a, a more patchwork one it, uh, presented to us in Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And then we would have thought that he would eventually graduate to the one that he got on. But the idea that he's been wearing the same, you know, he's been wearing season one clothes for this whole time. Right. It's like, hey, you know, if, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But um, he ventures to an old Jedi temple and is confronted by the Grand Inquisitor, who engages him in a lightsaber duel. Um, Vader wins quickly. I love it because uh, Grand Inquisitor has this circular handle for his lightsaber and it Basically, he can dual wield yes. and also spin it in helicopter form. And he does this in front of Vader, and Vader, without blinking, just sticks his uh, lightsaber into the the handrails, basically, of this thing and just cuts it. I don't know why the Grand Inquisitor never even thought, like, he was so shocked when this happened. He was like, no one's ever done this. And I'm like, bro, it seems kind of um, obvious. It does seem kind of obvious. Do you have a history with these Inquisitors? Um, only from the, uh, Rebels program. Okay. Did they flesh them out as well in this as I they do there? I don't know. I didn't get that far into it. Okay. See, now <laughs> me, I have, m- that's my blind spot is, is the, um, animated stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen any of it. Not because it's not good, but literally we're constantly covering all kinds of different things here. Yeah. The time to take to sit down and watch them. 
maybe you know Christmas is coming up. Maybe I'll I'll dive into it then. But um, this is my first time hearing about these Inquisitors, and so it was an incredibly intriguing uh, concept for me. Yeah. But who who often get mistaken for Sith, but aren't quite right. And that's a distinction also that's made several times in this. Where I is Sith a a title you're supposed to earn? Is it is it, yeah. is it is it is it about the level of darkness in you? I think so. Like I think I think becoming like becoming a Sith takes a bit more. But like there are dudes who work on behalf of the Sith that right. just are evil crappy people. Yes. Yes, uh, who also seem well. to have red lightsabers. Yes. <laughs> um so Vader wins quickly and before he gives the death blow, the emperor stops him. He explains the Inquisitors were former Jedi who have aligned with the dark side and who are tasked to take out the last remaining Jedi in the galaxy. The Emperor gifts the Inquisitors to Vader and they effectively become his Jedi hunters. Uh, he trains them as he is given the task to find and apprehend Jocasta Nu. And I was like, isn't that an Avenger? But that's like Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe Costa or something like that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jocasta Nu, another Jedi who evaded Order 66. So Order 66 worked, but it didn't really, really work. Still, some of the it onesies was not and twosies. as widespread a success as we thought it was. Got some onesies and twosies out there. Um, while not being particularly skilled in combat, Jocasta has a mastery of the Force and is also in charge of the Jedi archives, making her the gatekeeper of all knowledge about the Sith and the Jedi. Worrying that the information could be used against his empire, Palpatine orders Vader and his Inquisitors to capture Jocasta alive. Uh, Vader's able to track Jocasta to the Jedi Temple and the Grand Inquisitor duels with her before being stopped by Vader himself. Turns out, Jocasta plans to use the archives to locate all the Force-sensitive children of the galaxy. Knowing he cannot allow this to happen, Vader confronts her and offers to not kill her in exchange for her surrender. She escapes, deletes the Jedi archives, making her the sole keeper of all that knowledge. Vader catches up to her and soon she is surrounded by Imperial forces who apprehend her. This is my favorite part of this story. <laughs> okay. So they take her on. They take off on a ship, and the Sith Lord takes possession of the list of children uh, from. I think it's like a little, like a USB drive or something. Yeah. And so he gets the whole list of children, and then Jocasta's like, "Oh, you know, are you doing what you want to do? Are you doing what Palpatine wants to do? Are you just a puppet?" And he's like, "I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing what I want to do. You know, like he's trying to put his big boy yeah. pants on. He's like, no, it's just, it's not. I'm not I doing do what he what said. I <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not doing what then. What he said. I was gonna do this anyway. <laughs> and uh, Jocasta's like. Well, hey everybody, he's uh, Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> and the, the, the Jedi that killed all of your friends. And so the 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 stormtroopers like look at Jacosta, look at <laughs> Vader, look back at Jacosta. Vader looks at the stormtroopers, looks at Jacosta, and then throws the <laughs> throws the stormtroopers out of the ship. Oh my god, I thought that was so cool because it was like, oh hell no, like um. Oh. You know, you know too much. Enraged that his secret is revealed, he kills everyone aboard the ship. Um, I like that Jocasta's like, and what's to become of me? And then, zing, he turns on the lightsaber. She's like, ah. Uh, yeah, totally get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he kills everyone aboard the ship, tells Pat, Pat, Padme, Palpatine, <laughs> that there were no survivors, and also lies and tells him he found no information on Jocasta. What do you think about this story? You know, this is one of the, the interesting parts where it's just like, okay, both of them are playing games here. Yes. Yeah. Vader is messing with Palpatine stuff. Palpatine's messing with Vader stuff. But I also always get the feeling that Palpatine knows Vader's messing around. Yeah. And um, 
Sidious always has the right answer. Yeah. He always, or at least the answer that can convince Vader. My favorite was when, you know, he he sent to this Jedi temple, finds the Grand Inquisitor, they fight, and then um, when Palpatine's like, oh yeah, no, 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 these are my Inquisitors, yada, he goes, but you told me to come over here, and so. If I would have came over here and I would have fought this guy and he would have killed me, then he would have been standing next to you. And he's like, but could he have killed you? And he was like, no. All right, then. And I was like, that's not really an answer. No, that's not, not really. What if he would have, though? He could have. Maybe he could have. Who knows? But, like, it's it, there's so many times where he gets put in this position where um, Vader's like, I think you're not being fair with me. And Sidious is like, and if I wasn't, then you'd know. Which is a very, like, very... Uh, strong yeah. uh, stance to have, um, which I guess makes him an effective leader because Vader kowtows basically at every point. But there's also so many positions where, like, Vader is put in a position where his own, like, egotistical standing is put into question. Yes. And he hates that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And with anyone else, it's death. He's not even going to sit here and have the conversation with you. Yeah. But with Sidious. That's his father in many cases, right? Right. Like his weird father figure. And so he wants to um, he wants to impress him. But I like that as we get further along, he does question him at several points. Speaking of, speaking of questioning things that people probably shouldn't be questioning, let's talk about the rule of five. Huh. Um, Vader travels to a planet where he's told there's a Jedi to be hunted. Instead, an attempt is made on his life, and Vader does not take this kindly. Figuring out that the kill order probably came from within the Empire itself, Vader starts to question whether those in his own camp respect his new role in the Empire. He approaches Palpatine, who assures him that if he wanted him dead, he would have killed him himself. That's also one of those moments where he's like, it came from over here. And he's like, let me see your lightsaber real quick. Oh, I think that happens later on. He's like, let me see your lightsaber real quick. And then turns it on and turns it on him. Yeah. He's like, you see? I could have killed you right there. Why like, would I even you see waste? how easy this would have been? He's like, why would I, why would I um, basically, you know, send an order to have you killed? I have, I like, every contingency planned for you. Done. Um, and that's, a, that's, that's good enough for Vader. Um, but, uh, and then Palpatine has, like, an OG. Like, I really like that he was like, um, you know, I could have killed you when I want to. But the next statement was very, like, OG bad guy where he's like, bro, we're, like, the baddest guys in this galaxy. If you're worried about people, like, trying to come at you for your life, that's all that's going to happen from now on. Yeah. Like, we're about to make all the enemies. We're about to make a lot of people really mad. So you'll know you're on the right side of history when people are coming at you trying to kill you. Which I was like, that's kind of true. Like, mm -hmm. Vader, you're going to be dealing with this a lot. You're going to be dealing a, a lot of this. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting. But It's one of those interesting things where, like, you have those villains that just sort of assume utter servitude. Yes. It's like, yes. no, 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 they'll just, they'll, they'll kowtow. Right. And this one, we see the the literal manipulation and seduction that, yeah. that Palpatine does. and Like, even Thanos did it. Like, Thanos, some, like, didn't expect resistance. Yeah. Like, what are you guys so mad about? <laughs> but, um, yeah. What do you think about the, the scenes of Vader meditating? Where we see him basically, like, I guess, astrally on Mustafar. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, this glowing, charred body. Um, and he does it a lot. He meditates a lot. What do you yeah. think about Vader uh, choosing to? I thought those were like really striking images because like the, the 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 vision of like his sort of corrupted red and black like body up there was just like I don't know. I I 
I found it a really good depiction of that corruption. Yeah. Um, still with a little bit of light at the bottom. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he glows with like this intense, I guess you would call it rage, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I, I imagined, I imagined all of that like red and black like moving. Yes. Yeah, like a, like a, like a cauldron of lava almost. Yeah. Um, which really, that really stands out. And he's constantly doing this and then while meditating this one time, Vader can overhear people talking about the attempt on his life and uh, towards the end of this conversation, one of the men's face becomes clear, and so and so does Vader's next move. He speaks to the Emperor about how most of his underlings don't understand who Darth Vader is to the Empire. They speak quickly before they call a meeting of all their officers. In this meeting, Palpatine makes sure to tell all his officers that Vader is his right-hand man and is not to be trifled with. Vader then tells the men that he knows that someone in their ranks tried to kill him, and that the total attempts at his life are five. So he chooses five random Imperial officers and force chokes them to death in front of their peers as a show of strength. He then reminds them that he will survive any and all attempts at his life and will come back every single time. <laughs> what do you think about this show of strength with Vader? Um, that's that's rough. It's just like, I'm not even going to go for the five, I think. Like, no, no, no. Five dudes. Just any dead. five. It doesn't matter because the lesson is still imparted. Yeah. It, it could be the ne- any, you Any of you can be in the next five. Um... I also think that this adds so much more depth to any time someone tries to s- speak up to him in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I gotta, like, don't y'all remember that time when y'all first met me and I killed a bunch of people? I still gotta, t- and, I still gotta choke and, ya. And any order from me is an order from the Emperor. He speaks yeah. with my voice. Yes, I really, really like that, <laughs> how, how all that was said. And the thing is, there's so many badass shots in this comic of just like, the half of Vader's face as he says something cool or the shadow of Vader's face as he says something cool. And it's all matter of fact. You hear James Earl Jones' voices in, in your head. So yeah. it's like this all-seeing, all-knowing, not never-stopping uh, monster. And I really, really like that. Um, yeah, so the Rule of Five story I really like because we get to see Vader deal with the resistance within his own camp. Yeah. Which is... I mean, which is going to be great because then the next story is literally going to field him with more resistance. Yes, yes. Um, we see that things are not as like we just thought that the Galactic Empire rolled over the entire galaxy. You mm-hmm. know, like went through and had everybody you know take a knee, and we find out that that's not the case in the story in the story arc Burning Seas uh, that takes place between issues thirteen and seventeen. So the Galactic Empire sets its sights on Mon Cala a distant planet that Palpatine hopes he can gain power over as another show of strength in the galaxy. Mon Cala, being a water planet, is hard to penetrate by force as most of their inhabitants live in the deep sea with a few cities existing on land, mostly on small islands. Some of the officers offer to blow up the planet, but Grand Moff Tarkin, this is our first time we see him, right? Yes. Grand Moff Tarkin tells them that the power in the Empire isn't what it destroys, but what it controls, Mm -hmm. which I thought was another cool bad guy line. Yeah. And also, like, it, it presents the, the completely different dynamic between, like, Vader and Tarkin. Like, Tarkin is, Tarkin is a, a military strategist. Tarkin's yeah. all about the game mm-hmm. and how he can uh, manipulate to get whatever he wants. Vader's just like, if it doesn't follow, it burns. Yes. Um, the, I think what makes Tarkin his mo- the most effective is he, he does have, like, this weird lack of emotion when it comes to things. He's very pragmatic. Yeah. When it comes to his decision making, when Vader is all emotion, like literally all, so many times in this 
series, he should have died. But in, on pure rage, mm-hmm. he lives on to uh, get revenge on on his foes. And at this point, like in uh, what we like, thirteen issues in, he's yeah. already like broken several necks. Yes, just for being even vaguely slighted. Yes, <laughs> you know. Um, so. The Empire sends an ambassador. Just, I'm sorry, it's just imagine right. people just like, like, Vader, these troops don't come on trees, man. <laughs> yes. Like, we need to train then these find people. find the tree. <laughs> find the tree. Um, the Empire sends an ambassador to talk to the Mon Cala king, Lichar. But the king doesn't kowtow as it was predicted. Later, uh, Vader lands on the planet because he hears it might be harboring a Jedi. Harboring a Jedi. And shortly after the ambassador's ship unexpectedly explodes in midair, killing everyone inside. The Empire sees this as a declaration of war, and elsewhere, the hidden Jedi meet up and discuss Vader. TIE fighters arrive and begin an all-out assault on the planet as they do battle with the army of Mon Cala. The king sends for his land-faring citizens to be evacuated, and Vader remembers meeting the king as a Padawan, so he seeks him out hoping to find the location of the Jedi. Tarkin and King Lichar talk about the apparent assassination of the Imperial Ambassador on his planet, and the king swears innocence. Tarkin orders his surrender, but prepares his own troops for Lichar's retaliation, thinking the king might be up to something. We then see a Jedi named Farron Barr is an actual advisor to the king, and he warns that the Empire will never stop fighting. Lichar, stating that the land evacuation was plan A, enacts plan B, and using massive sea creatures, sinks every city on the planet, hoping to drown his enemies and incapacitates himself along the way. Vader is thought to be dead because the Empire has no signal of him, but we see Vader descending into the trench, almost succumbing to the massive pressures of the ocean before using the Force to protect himself and reach the surface. That was a lot (laughs) that I just covered. What do you think about this setup of a, of, a, of a Jedi hiding out? He's a seer, almost, mm-hmm. to this king. Uh, we get a little Akbar appearance. Uh, this is Akbar's people. Um, no traps yet. No traps. No traps yet. But, um, yeah, this random assassination attempt. King claims innocence. Did you have any inclination as to what this might have been? I was thinking it might have been a false flag. Like, Tarkin might have killed the guy and been like... I was sort of thinking that. like at Vader. First- I, at first, I thought it was just like, oh, he failed, killed him, and then used it to um, push them against him. But, like, they also make reference to something earlier in the story where there's, like, um, the planet had two sort of warring tribes. Yes. So I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're going to shoot down, we're going to shoot down the plane and then blame it on one of them. Right. To create some fake civil war in between and then just come in and, like, like basically clean up. Or, you know, um, pick off what's left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that entire conversation kind of ends up being a red herring. Yes. <laughs> I did. I do like the weird, how would you say it? Like bureaucratic, mm-hmm. um, like that whole dichotomy of like, I don't like you. But I kind of have to respect you. Yeah. And I kind of want to kill you. But you might kill all of us. And so it might not be wise for me to tell you that right now. Like all the biting of the tongue that's going on on both sides. Yeah. Because Tarkin also is like, I, when he when he tells him to surrender and the guy's like, hell no, I'll never surrender or whatever. And Tarkin hangs up on him. He's like, he's going to do something. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah. But he's going to do something. So everyone kind of be on. The, so it's not like a whole like, oh, you know, he hung up. Let's just destroy him. Right. They they were weary of what the Moncala people could, uh, how they could retaliate, and knowing that they were like at a complete disadvantage. Yes, yes. 
I mean, think about it, an entire fighting on a surface where everyone can go on the ground. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, uh, why you think you would uh, be able to stand a chance? But yeah, they they are they are tactically at a handicap, but because th- it's a terrain they don't know, and and one that they are not equipped. Yes, to fight in. But it's interesting that you say that because now they they've seemingly gone too far. Right. They're in this war now, and if they lose to the people of Moncala, like that word's gonna go around, yeah. and the empire is basically no more at right. that point. So. Um, I love that there's this two there's these two things happening at the same time where um Vader's trying to look for this Jedi, but there's also this way bigger situation of an entire worldwide war mm-hmm. uh going on between the Empire and the people of Moncala. Um what do you think about Vader seemingly drowning? Were you were you worried at all? No. No? No. I like <laughs> it. I like his little force bubble. <laughs> you know? It reminds me of um, Sonic. Nice. <laughs> um so Vader's attacked by a massive squid. I had to read this a couple times to realize what happens in this situation. Yeah? Yeah. Vader's attacked by... Tell me if I got it right. I could also get it wrong. Vader is attacked by a massive squid and uses the force to release himself from his grip. There you go. To release himself from its grip before killing it. Right? Is that what happens in that instance? That's how I took it. Okay. Yeah. Because he, like, grabs him, and then there's a bunch of panels of, like, Vader's face and then the... The squid's face, and then Vader's face, and the squid's face, and I didn't know what if he was doing something in particular. Right. But I guess he was just like saying, like, let, yeah. "You will let me go." And then as soon as he did, he like just throws this damn squid. Um. But yeah, Vader's backup shows up and rescues him. Vader then admonishes his troops for wasting their time trying to save him, and they go to find both the king and the Jedi. While the troops on the ground are mostly washed away from. Washed away, the Imperial troops in the sky continue their dogfights when out of nowhere, Commander Akbar arrives, leading the attack force. The sheer number of his troops overwhelm and take down the entire sky base. It is also revealed that they have found the king and he's alive. Akbar acts the acts axes acts <laughs> the king for uh sorry. Akbar acts the king to ask for a truce, and the king refuses and goes to warn. Master Bar that the Empire is still out there and looking for him. Tarkin learns of the lost sky base and retaliates by sending Star Destroyers. Ugh. That was a really cool shot of like, alright. And then you just see a bunch of Star Destroyers heading out that way. The Jedi Master Bar evacuates with his students and, his, and has Vader hot on his trail. He kills a few students while we are shown how they joined Master Bar in the first place as a mini resistance. That was probably the most tragic part. It's yeah. like Vader's killing these people and then they're going through their backstories. <laughs> like, right. I'm so happy to join you, Master Bar. We're going to change the world. But We're see, like, world. That, that backstory sort of changed the story for me. Yeah. Because, like, did, did, did you feel like, um, how did you feel about the, the backstories? I felt like Master Bar kind of, like, like Master Bar is like guys. manipulating these people. Yes, hundred percent. And we find out later that because he, he keeps doing this. Yes, we find out later that he manipulated. Um, you can't see him doing the thing with the hands. Yeah, right. Or he waves them over. Like it, it looks like Master Bar has like Jedi mind tricked these people into following him. Yes, um, and we know this because they do the typical. I'm gonna repeat exactly what you said yes. right after you said it, which is the you know this is the these are not the that, droids you're looking for. Yeah, it, uh, it is scene. sort of like the, the 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 compliance. Yes, and so um, what's also cool is we find out that the Moncala are like brilliant 
military strategists mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are giving the Empire a run for their money. They use like these huge impenetrable merchant ships to surround their air support, kind of like a bubble. And they literally are just going to wait for the Empire to quit. Like They're like, we're on our turf. These are our ships. Mm-hmm. They're going to run out of time or, or people or, or weapons or anything. So we'll just wait it out. Frustrated, Tarkin personally asks Vader to let his squad find the Jedi while he himself looks for the king so they can end this whole bigger battle at hand. I love how Vader's like, you don't order me around. He's like, that's what I'm really asking, bro. Like, I'm really trying to ask you. And yeah. go, Vader goes, all right. No, Vader says all right after he's like, I'll owe you a debt. He's just like, all right. I have another thing to do. Yes, all right. And he's like, all right, guys, go find the Jedi. I got things to do. Um, and so... Vader agrees that when his Inquisitors and Death Troopers do find Master Bar, Bar uses the Force to order the clones to execute Order 66. What do you think about this? I thought that was pretty clever. Me too. I was like, I don't think everyone's ever thought about that before. They only have one, you know, once you say that, they only have one goal. Yeah. They just kill the Jedi. Um, he also seemed disgusted that the people hunting him were also other Jedi, and we get that a lot, you know, this whole, like, traitor, uh, yeah. you know, kind of situation um, where people feel significantly let down by um, the Jedi that have gone to the dark side. But what's funny is that the only Jedi that are left to be disappointed are ones that were in hiding. Right. And it allowed 66 to kind of happen. So it's like, <laughs> who's the real trade? Like, who's the real I bad mean, they're guy severely outnumbered on that one, though. That's true. Because the clones were everywhere. And it sh- But it showed you how smart they are because... Um, the clones fire on the Inquisitors as Bar escapes with his one student, Ver- Verla, which I'm guessing is a character of note. I think she might be like a Rebels character or some sort of... I don't I, remember. Because this is one of those instances of like, go, tell my legend. And I'm like, he, she shows up somewhere in another, right. in another novelization or something. I would really like to know where that student uh, goes. So if you guys know, uh, write in, let us know. But um, he tells her to go and he says he needs to stay to find the king. The Inquisitors escape by sacrificing one of their own as a distraction. That was messed up. Uh, (laughs) um, And Vader finds and handily defeats the king's guards, coming face to face with the king himself. He tells Tarkin he has the king, and Tarkin tells him to get him to a window. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, I know know this move. This has literally happened in real life, in my real life army career. Really? Yes. Where they told a sheikh to come out of his thing, and then they... They, did, they had a planned artillery strike. Mm. And they were like, you see that? <laughs> we can do that. Um, and I was like, so when it happens here, I was like, yeah, that sort of kind of happens. So this, uh, so this is a legitimate military strategy. That's a strategy. military thing. Um, the king looks on in terror as the Empire rains hell from their Star Destroyers, taking out millions of troops. Even in the face of this destruction, the king doesn't surrender. And when Vader threatens him, Master Bar shows up and they duel. In the fight, is revealed that Bar assassinated the em- ambassador, hoping to bring about this conflict sooner, knowing that the Sith were always going to try to t- uh, take him down. Betrayed, the king surrenders, but it's too late. The Empire lays waste to every ship but three, and Vader kills Bar and imprisons the chief, claiming the end to the Mon Calamari. Was I missing anything there? Think that was- no, no. And that's not like, I actually, I actually did really like this story because it was just like, it, it, for me, it just kept weaving. Yeah. Like, I like the military stuff between Ma- the Mon Calamari and Tarkin. Yes. To the point where, like, Vader's story just kind of, like, was a side to me. Yeah. But then, like, 
it, it, it takes a completely different depth where it's just like, oh, like, uh, Fallon Barr's been, like, manipulating these people to fight with him. Oh, yeah. Fallon Barr, like, lied to this guy to, to, force, this all, king. to force a conflict he didn't want. Yeah, because initially he was all like, I, we can totally, like, find a, a solution, you know, so totally find a compromise with this galactic empire. And Barr was like, no, no, no. They're going to come to Scorch Earth, bro. There's no point in making a deal with them. He's the one who instructed him to do that. I, what I liked is this this realization, this moment of clarity, where once it's revealed, um, King Lichar says, but you're a Jedi. And Vader's like, what is that? Like, that doesn't disqualify someone from being an asshole, bro. Right. Like, I'm a Jedi, bro. Like, don't, like, if that was your one qualifier, like, he was a Jedi, so you never questioned what he said. Like, well, now he's you like, get I to met see. Qui Gon. He was kind of a dick. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> now you see, this is this is the Jedi, and I think we got to see the reverence of the Jedi, mm-hmm. how people view them, but also how their hubris makes them look. And I can yeah. see why in this instance, you know, there's already Jedi's already become a dirty word, but now you know right. what just happened on Moncala is all like, nah, screw those guys. They, but, they were but never all, out to but help also us anyway. Also, like how like we don't really get the the. What who Fallon Bar was before this, yes. But we do get what the fall of the order has done to him, and as a survivalist, yes. <laughs> and he's willing to to you know his you morale know. isn't exactly up, so he's right. willing to do things that aren't. Mm. Yeah, he's he's manipulated a host of people so that he could stay protected and safe. And then literally the war knocks on his door, and he uses his power to manipulate an entire seemingly an army yeah. at his disposal because he had the king at his disposal. Um, the other thing that I liked is that. I said before that Tarkin is emotionless, and earlier on in the story, they they're like, we could bomb the hell out of this planet. And he's all like, no, 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 rather not. But once that sky base gets destroyed, he's all like, bring him to the window real quick. <laughs> and I I like that. Like, Tarkin is revered in the uh, original trilogy. Yeah. Um, even brought back from the dead in, in Rogue One. Right. Um, he's one of the Imperial officers that. Uh, is shown to hold and wield a lot of power and respect in the. He kind of reminds set. me of um, he kind of reminds me of Cottonmouth, where like he's a character that you kind of wish stuck around longer yes. because he was just really good, right? Even though his story was only meant to last for this amount of time, and like he doesn't even get that much time. Is he your favorite Imperial movie. officer? Huh? Is he your favorite Imperial officer? Uh, probably, but like he's probably the only one with any real like focus. Yeah, I thought Krennic was kind of fancy. <laughs> He's a fancy, a fancy Imperial officer. I mean, when you when you cast Ben Mendelsohn, you're gonna get some charactery stuff. Uh, but yeah, we, if if you guys was digging that that meal about Tarkin, we get a whole bunch of Tarkin in issue 18, Bad Ground. Uh, I have this is a pretty short um, summarization, but if you have anything you'd like to include, go ahead. So. It's a story from Tarkin's POV where he and a hunting party are hunting Darth Vader at Vader's own request. The story plays out like a horror film with Tarkin initially suing, uh, well, sorry, initially using suing, <laughs> using trackers and Vader's breathing to stay one step ahead of him. Vader surprises Tarkin by using his surroundings to bounce the sound of his breathing and gets the better of the rest of his hunting party, killing everyone but Tarkin. Tarkin then tricks Vader into chasing him out into the open, and when he does, he is struck by lightning and seemingly dead. They are both picked up, and Tarkin wonders how he would explain this to Palpatine, but Vader starts to spring back to life, force-choking Tarkin before letting him go, and Tarkin uh, remarks to himself that he's lucky that Vader is on their side. Yes. 
I think that was a mutual show of respect, I guess, at the end. Or, yeah, you better never try. <laughs> you better never. But it's also, like, uh, I, I thought it was a really fun issue just, like, as Tarkin as a chess player. Yes. Like, like Tarkin's the kind of guy who who will play, like, the AI in hardest difficulty and is not concerned with how much he loses. Right. But is more concerned with how better he does each time. Yes. And how much he learns with each loss. And that's one of the things that we see is that he is meticulous in the details that he observes. Yes. Um, you know, he, he like, knows how Vader deals with blasters versus lightsabers. He knows how he deals with, um, you know, different combat stances. And like I said, when, you, when you're using a man's breathing against him, you, you've, you've thought of everything. You've right. thought of, you know, you thought of, of all those things. And but which is also, like, an interesting show of Vader where it's, like, you always, you almost always get force, like, full power brute force Vader. Yeah. This is, like, tricky Vader. And they, they, who, they, who uses his breathing apparatus? In, um, I, if I remember correctly, in two ways. The first time he bounces it off all the surroundings, so it feels like his the, the sound is coming from everywhere, so they yeah. can't track him. Mm-hmm. And then also just turns it off. Yes, straight up. So like they don't know where he is at all, and then strikes people down. It's like <laughs> the one of the first images we see of Vader is him adorned with the skin of one of the planet's creatures that yes. supposedly is able to cloak. Uh, your appearance. Right. And he's just... <laughs> Top of the food chain. <laughs> he, apex yeah, predator. he just done killed the animal, has him skinned. He's just walking around there. Um, I really like... We've gotten this whole thing... We've gotten the force of Vader and in his head for um, 17 issues in a row. And so it was really cool for this 18th issue to have... Um, to see it from the outside looking in mm-hmm. as to how scary of a, of a character Darth Vader is. Yeah. Um, I also like Tarkin's weird dismissal slash... Um, appreciation of Vader. Right. Like, he took on this challenge, so he seemingly thought that he was up for it, and Mm -hmm. he almost kind of beat him. He almost kind of killed him. But he's almost, he's also in awe of Vader's skills. Yeah. It's something that he respects. It's something that, he wants to beat him, but he also kind of respects his game a little bit, Mm -hmm. which I think, I really like about that, because I don't think um, Sidious plays either one as equals. So to have those two, like, they're they're literally the right and left, right? Presidious. So to have them, you know, test each other out a little bit and just make kick those tires around and see, you know, if everything's working. Really, the winner is is Sidious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was awesome. But that leads us into our last story arc, Fortress Vader, which is, I think, of just an entire retrospective of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two issues are a bit short. Where issue nineteen is a simple story of Vader tracking down a Jedi named Eth Koth. Yes. Uh, right when his child is being born. Koth, a retired Jedi, turned priest, uh, duels with Vader so his wife and child can escape, but is caught by the Inquisitors. They take the child but let the mom live purely to torment her, and Vader kills Eth Koth in front of his family, but not without telling him that he failed to protect them first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cold-hearted man. I, I like that little exchange they have right at the end of the book. Yeah. Where, like, uh, Palpatine is just like, he, he could have been anything. <laughs> He but li- he chose to be a priest. He literally laughed. this thing to a Jedi. Yeah, he literally laughed it off. He was like, what? He became a priest. Hilarious. He became somebody tied to his faith, just like he was in his other life. Yeah. Like, he he could have chosen anything, and that's what he chose to hide as. Which is also something I always found interesting about, like... I think George Lucas is an interesting writer in the sense that he always says that this stuff is for kids. Yeah. But he writes grandiose things. Yes. And 
Concepts uh, that a child wouldn't be able to grasp. Right. And a lot of this stuff going on is is almost like um, like the church versus the almost state. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But also the Sith is just as religious a side as, as the Jedi are. Right. <laughs> and I think that's where the Imperial officers come from. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, why do we need, you know what I'm saying? Like, why do we need these archaic wizards for? Like, there's no point in these guys. Um, but yeah. What I like is that we find out that they basically killed every Jedi that they can find. Um, or any Je- every Jedi that they had any trail of. Right. While others exist, they have no way of finding them. And so the Inquisitors start talking amongst themselves of like, what are we going to do when all the Jedi are dead? And one of the Inquisitors is like, oh, oh with a guy like Vader, he'll always have somebody to kill. Like, yeah. he'll, oh, he'll find somebody to kill. Um, funny enough, that issue ends with the shadow of Vader appearing above those two Inquisitors uh, <laughs> as they mention that he will always find somebody to kill. So, issue 20 sees Vader attack two of his own Inquisitors, believing them to be weak because they had fallen for one another. They escape and fight back, but Vader is able to catch and kill them by forcing them to impale one another. I thought this. I think this was done um, to mirror what we see at the end of this. Like, he hated them because they loved each other, right? Like, yeah. the weakness. How dare y'all love each other? But then he gets gifted Padme's ship and is all like, don't fix it. Please, don't touch it. You know what I'm saying? This is mine. Don't I, you know? And I'm like, all right. You know, it's all very plain to see mm-hmm. that he wanted to push love out of his life. But when presented with the opportunity to get that love back into his life, he runs for it. Um, this whole situation pisses off Palpatine, who removes the Inquisitors and sends them off-world uh, before gifting Vader Padme's ship. The Emperor tries to order him to kill more Jedi, but Vader outright tells him no. Were you surprised by this? Were you surprised by uh, Vader just being like, no, I killed your Jedi. You, I, you kept telling me to kill Jedi. I killed all the Jedi. You understand? Like, I, I can't find no more Jedi. You said you'd give me a planet. You give me my own planet to do whatever the hell I want to do with, and I'm, I want my planet. I want yeah. my planet. I'm not killing a single other Jedi until I get my planet. And the Emperor is like, do you want Tatooine? Do you want Naboo? But it also was want- an interesting situation where, like, he, he, you, um, in the art, you can see that Palpatine is initially taken aback by this resistance. Yeah. But then realizes, like, okay, I have to acquiesce a little bit. Just, yeah. just to, just to, uh, to, <clears throat> just to like, uh, bring the situation back in, just reel it back in a little. You know, I finished this arc not too long ago. Yes. And now that you've said what you just said, I'm connecting some dots, and I realize that every time Vader seems to kind of get his wits and kind of start to challenge Palpatine, Palpatine sends him on some kind of quest. Mm-hmm that confuses and enrages him and then brings him back and is like, so how you feeling now? <laughs> He's like, I'm down for this, bro. Totally down for this. Because that's actually what happens here. Yes. He sends him on a mission and Vader says no. And so he sends him on a different mission. He gives him in Padme's ship. Um, and uh, Vader, uh, the Emperor offers many planets up to Vader, but Vader has only one choice. Mustafar, the planet mm-hmm. he was maimed on. So 21 picks up where that last one left off and Vader goes into Padme's ship and sees a younger version of himself with his face mangled to mirror Vader's mask. That was creepy as hell. That was bothersome. Yeah. Uh, We see a scene in which the Emperor asks why Vader chose Mustafar and Vader reminds him that that's where the Emperor sent him to corrupt his kyber crystal. He believes 
it to be a locus for the dark side and thinks that maybe the impossible would be possible in such an energy-rich environment. The Emperor gives Vader the mask of Lord Momon, a Darth Sith who loved architecture and was always looking for unique ways to use the dark side just like Vader. He instructs Vader to take the mask to Mustafar and Vader does so along with some Imperial contractors. That was the part I didn't think was needed for this whole thing. It's like, oh, let me give you my uh, architect who made my castle. She right. does a great job. And then how they're like, they're on Padme's ship and they're like, I don't know the feng shui here. Like, I don't know how, like, I can't get a read on this Vader guy. Like, this ship and the other stuff, like, what are we going to do? I'm like, this is not home makeover. Like, this isn't, we're not watching HGTV here. Like, we're, this is the dark lord of the Sith. Right. Uh, I, I found this so weird that they, they, I mean, but I guess you would have contractors and plumbers in the Empire and all kinds of, you know, people got to make their money. Everything, everything else that was mentioned in Clerks. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they, thought, they thought of it all. Um, I, I mean, on some level, you kind of just have to like accept that, like they they have these these other how do you say these other quirks or interests to them. Yeah. So it's like, what do you build for, like the twisted kind of person like Darth Vader? Like, what does Darth Vader appreciate? Yeah, you yeah. know, it's kind of like seeing a really crotchety person and just wondering, like, what makes that dude laugh? And yeah, <laughs> the idea that these these random generals would would figure that out. And present him with something that he wanted. I felt like, like that was just a, that was never gonna end well no. in my eyes. Um, so they get close to Musafar, and Vader chooses to endanger their lives by deactivating the shields upon entry, effectively burning up the entirety of Padme's ship, so it no longer resembles Padme's ship. It now looks like a defigured uh, Anakin Skywalker esque vessel. Um, when he goes to meditate. He hears one of his generals yell and goes to investigate. What he finds is the female general dead and the man, the male one wearing Momin's helmet. Vader strikes him down and finds that he was working on a blueprint for a masterful castle. Did you figure out what happened at this point? Um, that that the, that the helmet had latched on. It's to like the sentient. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it take you a while? I, I, I didn't know if it was full sentience or just evil. It just had dark side in it, and it was right. making people evil. I didn't know that it was an actual Sith Lord trapped in this, and it's his consciousness that he uses uh, and the helmet to create hosts. So, like, yeah, let's get into all that. So, turns out Moment inhabits the helmet and uses it, anyone the moment, who wears The helmet kind of looks like, um, what's that character from Kirby? <laughs> Oh, uh, Meta Knight? Meta, yes. <laughs> Meta Knight. <laughs> so, like, it was a little weird watching, like, looking at it every time. And I'm just like, I keep expecting to pull out a sword with tiny arms. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, yeah, it turns out Moment inhabits the helmet and uses anyone who wears it like a host. The funny thing is Dr. he... Dr. Fate much? Yeah, he never intended to hurt Vader. But he was behind the castle design that was intended to please him. Mm-hmm. The mask follows Vader... I like that, like, Vader walking around in his helmet, just walking next to him. Right. Uh, it felt kind of cool. Um, the mask follows Vader, and Vader speaks to it. It tells him the origins of Momon, a Jedi born a long time ago whose creations made him a pariah. He only felt comfort in the dark side, so he became a Sith, and while doing some dark side experimentation, he was confronted by Jedi and ended up trapped in his own helmet. He tells Vader that all the knowledge he would ever need is in the helmet, and Vader tries it on before deciding to force the helmet on one of the Mustafar's inhabitants instead. Because mm. Vader's like, oh my god, all the knowledge? And then as soon as it taps into his mind, he's like, nah, none of this. I want none of this. Which, 
good work, you know? Yeah. Uh, strange touch. You don't want you don't want none of that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So controlling one of them, Moment tells Vader that Mustafar is a gateway, but that that door is locked. Mm-hmm. When Vader asks about the castle's design, Moment tells him that that is the key to opening the door, where Vader could channel his force powers through it and pierce time. This is the first mention of time travel, to my knowledge, in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Um, and maybe pierce time just in time to save Padme. Enraged at the thought of being lied to again, which I was totally down with. I'm like, you. They did this to you before, bro. Like, make Keep sure this, make sure Keep this up. is legit. Make sure <laughs> this is legit. So he gets pissed, force chokes moment, and moment confesses that he's telling the truth. To him, death comes second when because Vader's like, if this doesn't work, I'll kill you. And he's like, dying is nothing because I'm seemingly a forgotten artist, and that's right. worse than dying. Right. He begs Vader to allow him to complete construction on the time travel castle, and that it'll be his masterpiece. Um, what did? How did you feel when this was put on the table? When when time travel was seemingly did, was it too good to I, be true? I was, I was immediately skeptical. Yeah, too good to be true. Yeah, but also just like at least in some level, I was just like, Padme's not gonna happen. I guess another question is, um. Were you using your knowledge of the trilogy to inform what would happen here? Like, I think it's like I he can't time travel. To. He can't time travel. He's in a new hope. Like, what's going on there? Like, something obviously must have went wrong. But it's funny how much I was able to read this in a vacuum. I wasn't really, okay. you know. I guess maybe because I didn't know how much time we had left right. to be meet, 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 uh, reach up to that. Um, gave it some play. But I'm um, stoked at the idea of being able to time travel and bring back Padme. Vader allows Mormon to erect his structure, though several fail at the task of piercing time. By the time Mormon finally gets the design right and we have our time-traveling monument, the locals of Mustafar, unhappy with Vader's new residence, attack the structure. While uh, Vader is fending off the horde, Mormon enacts his true plan and betrays Vader by using the monument to bring his former self back from the past. As the young Mormon steps through, the old Mormon gives him the helmet and claims that he, not the monument, is his true masterpiece. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that was definitely a cliffhanger moment. That was definitely, you know, I liked it. I liked, like, okay. Because you can feel that you're ending the, you're, you're nearing the end of this story. Yeah. And so you're like, what is, what is the, all of this to be? At that point, I'm just kind of like, did Palpatine know this would happen? Again, right? Again, like... Hot, you you sent him with the helmet. You gave this to him. You sent him with the helmet, man. And and wait, like it, it was like I told you to do something, and you didn't want to do it because you said you wanted something else. All right, let's see how much you want that thing, and you'll come crying back, <laughs> and then you go and do the thing I told you to do anyway. I'm just like, wow, man, manipulative. Um, Vader and his troops continue to battle the Mustaf the Mustafarians. Mustafarians. Mustafarians, and even when they are outnumbered and consider retreating, Vader refuses and declares that they will stay and fight until the fight is won. Is won. This emboldens the troops. I really like this way. They're like, for Vader! <laughs> for the Empire! Who uh, are motivated by their leader and they wage war. Vader is thrown into the molten lava but survives and heads to the altar of his castle. Mormon is there waiting for him and taunts him with the intimate knowledge he had passed down to him through the helmet when Vader put it on. With the former Skywalker seemingly no match, Mormon taunts him again and again and goes for the death blow, but Vader uses his force to crush him to death with one of the pillars. Mormon, near death, proclaims that the dark side likes him more and thus won't let Vader kill him, 
But Vader says, my destiny is my own, and crushes the former Sith with the pillar effectively killing Mormon. Mm. <laughs> with no one left to stop him, Vader enters the portal created by his new time travel castle to the unknown, proclaiming yet again that his destiny is his own. Really cool shot. Yeah. Really cool moment. Literally everything is out of his way. All things are out of his path. The altar is lit up. His, the, what he's looking for is seemingly on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And then we get to issue 25. He, he is, uh, what is it, uh, the key holder? Yes. And 25 is incredibly artistic. Like, it's incredibly, um, what would you say? Like, I don't think anything on it is literal. Right. You understand? Know like these, all these visions that he sees, I think, are inform me so much about what about the character and what's going on in his head. Yeah. But let's tackle this final it, issue. It's all um, interpretive. Yes. Imagery. Yes. So the final issue opens up with Vader's astral form, the one that we constantly see meditating, mm-hmm. um, leaving his body as a dark voice calls out to him, praising him for his darkness. He sees his mother Shmi. Am I uh, saying that right? The- Shmi Skywalker. Uh, yeah, that sounds odd to me. I, I think I always say Shimmy, but... Shimmy, Shimmy Skywalker. Shimmy uh, Sushi Skywalker. Oh, Jesus. And what looks to be the Emperor, using the dark side, again, my interpretation, to manipulate and create Anakin out of thin air? Right. Is that what happens there? That's what it looks like, because uh, Anakin is like the virgin birth. Yes. Fallopian tombs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Uh, lit, um, Sidious is the man who plants the dark seed, uh, no pun intended, within Shmi Skywalker that creates Anakin. Uh, this is a scene that apparently was also written into Revenge of the Sith, but got taken oh, out wow. by Lucas. I think we could have used this. Depends on how we how we interpret it. The whole Virgin Mary birth thing is, you know, it's a bit tried at this at this point. Yeah. But... But I guess also manifest- manifesting out of pure energy is right. also, I mean, to each his own. Um, suddenly, we see a young Anakin Skywalker whose shadows resembles the adult Darth Vader. Anakin is then attacked by Vader as he leaps from the shadows, but, is then, but then wakes up from what seems to be a dream. The bizarre events continue to unfold as young Anakin is suddenly in Mustavar and resembles Vader's astral form. Anakin revisits his past, his shape growing older as he looks at the major decisions of his life before he fully embodies the adult Darth Vader form. This is happening as he walks towards the dark castle and yet it suddenly transforms into a bright and shining Jedi temple guarded by all of uh, all the Jedi Vader has affected in one way or another. With no qualms or remorse. Th- this is the thing that surprised me. He didn't ask no questions. He wasn't like, what y'all doing here? He was like, is this penance? Is this where I belong? None of that stuff. Instantly, just two force sabers out of his astral form he pulls out. And he kind of just takes them all out. Yeah. Um, he mauls all of the Jedi, effectively killing them all, even, even um, Yoda. Before watching a vision of Sidious battling Obi-Wan. Sidious defeats Obi-Wan and his face transforms grotesquely before Vader destroys him. With Sidious out of the way, Vader sees Padme and is transformed into Anakin Skywalker again. He pleads for her to return to him, but she declines, saying she doesn't recognize him, choosing to echo his sentiment of, Anakin Skywalker is dead. The vision of Padme falls off the balcony she was on and is disintegrated by force lightning. Vader yells in pain as his last grasp of Padme falls, oh sorry, his last grasp of humanity slips through his fingers. He awakens from his vision and destroys the altar. 
When Palpatine contacts him, asking him if he found what he was looking for, he hangs up and says yes, cementing the death of Anakin Skywalker and the rise of Darth Vader. It's a whole lot there, man. Lots to unpack. Yes, there is. <laughs> what do you think about, about Vader's Force quest, I guess you could say? And and was was the conclusion he reached in this the one that the Emperor knew he would always reach? Um, I certainly think it's the one Palpatine believes he'd always reach. Okay. Um, I think a lot of it is not to be taken literally, and it's just to be interpreted. Okay. Um, through a point of view or through an artistic vision, like, um, Vader is not moved by anything but Padme because yeah. that's what he came for. Yes. You know, it's not like he like whatever reference he had for the Jedi folks are like right, right, right. Takes them all out. But Padme... People he knew, like, people he knew since he was kids. Yeah, but Padme's the only thing that sticks him because Padme's what he came for. Yeah, that's his boot thing. But Padme... But that Padme rejects him and that, like, that part's sort of interesting because it's like, how real is that? Well, another thing is that, um, I like that throughout the series, people had referred to him as Anakin, and he would get upset and kill them most of, most of the time, kill yeah. them and say that Anakin's dead. So in this moment, I like that she echoed what he said. But it's, it, you're right. It, it, you're right. When Mormon spoke, and Mormon literally used time to bring his old body back, that's something that happened. Yes. This doesn't feel like time travel. No. And so I'm assuming that that possibility is still out there. Vader just didn't do it. Maybe. Right. Something happened in be- in between all of this because he didn't go forward nor backwards. No, um, he just he, goes to some limbo. Like he just goes to some place that keeps transforming. Yeah, and just recounting things in his own mind, things that he could remember. You mm-hmm. know, that um, there, there's a there's a panel that I'm gonna be remiss if I don't uh, reference, which um, Vader sees this confrontation he has with Ahsoka. Okay. That takes place later on in Rebels. Yes. Um, so in Rebels, when they do confront each other, he tells her that he's known for a long time that this was going to happen. This hmm. is because of the vision that he saw in this comic. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch more Rebels tie-ins that I have absolutely no idea about. I haven't even gotten to that part, so I understand. And unfortunately, I was not able to tackle the annual uh, I did cover the 25 issues, but the annual escaped me. Although I do know it's them traveling to Genosha. Is it Genosha? I, I feel like that's the wrong... Oh, wait. Is that... Um, <laughs> Genosha's uh, the X-Men. Yes. Uh, they travel to one of the... The majority of these comics is them, you know, going back to old planets that they uh, visited in the prequel and um, sequel and normal trilogy. Yes. But this effectively ends this this run, which is kind of sad. I heard they're, re- they're revamping another one. Um... And I, I know that the Kylo uh, thing is, is coming soon. Yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about that one the at Kylo all. The Kylo comic. If it does what this did, if, if, I, can, if I can add some depth to his tantrums, because <laughs> that's all I need. I need to know why he's flipping out so often and why he's, you know, right, tw- <laughs> right. young 20-year-old angry young man. Yeah, and there's a bit of that, of that in this Star Wars story. There's a little bit of that young, rebellious Kylo um, in Darth Vader. And so with Rise of the Skywalker literally around the corner, uh, this is the, the most important Skywalker, the one that starts it all, uh, besides Shmi, <laughs> and um, now Luke and Leia. What, do you, what, what can we be informed with of this story to the film that will be coming out soon? Is there anything you can carry over? Um, 
to the film that's coming out soon. I'm going to respect Akbar more. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, wow, you, you know, you led that whole, like, uh... There's a reason you're in, you're in that position. Yes. Uh, um, I think a lot of it can be carried over, I guess, into just, uh, Vader's constant, um, has nothing to do with the new film coming out, but, like, Vader's constant, like, one foot just still kind of in the door. Yeah. But... Which makes you think if he's flirting around with that 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 much, how much is Kylo? Yeah, you know we've t- we've talked about we've we've seen Kylo have to do things to effectively quote unquote shut himself off from the light. Um, but I think that that may be another red herring. I think maybe he might be the chosen one. He might be the Skywalker that's supposed to. He's what a quarter Skywalker, <laughs> something like that, or at least half. I mean, he he is a Skywalker because Leia, but uh, yeah, it, it it's it's. It's interesting in a sense that I think I have to like I think a lot of people had an expectation of certain tropes that they were comfortable with and just wanted to stay in that circle. Right. So like there's just a trope of of the hero and the big bad. You know, Sidious is the big bad that turns Anakin Skywalker eventually into the big bad that was the hero. And you also had the hero of Obi-Wan Kenobi that people already were familiar with, so it was right. easy to, to... You got the elder statesman, you got the new hero, yeah. you got the elder states bad guy, you got the new bad guy. Yeah, it, it, it was easy to connect with all of those characters, especially with like guys like you and McGregor just doing a really good job yeah. at playing Obi-Wan. Um, I think people looked for that in this, and they were getting a different story. Okay. They looked for... Big bad in Kylo Ren, and that is not the story they're trying to tell. Right, they're but they only ever told that story of a big bad. That's in what the I mean. Distance. Yeah, they're, like they're, saying, they're, yeah. like, they're so locked into the tropes that is Star the, Wars. Yeah, their storytelling technique. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So once you once you try to move the pieces around a bit, people would get like, "Well, wait, what is this?" So like when people tell me it's like, "Like Kylo Ren's the worst bad guy to ever be," like, "Well, it's not intended to be that yeah. bad guy." Yeah. I, it took me a while after watching. When I first watched Force Awakens, I was disappointed in the portrayal of Kylo Ren. After I was disappointed that it feels like a retread of A New Hope. After sitting around with it, um, although it is a fun film, there is so many things that are so similar. After uh, after sitting around with it, I realized that he's intended to be that way. Mm-hmm. One and two, one of the things that are imitating life is there would be a tremendous struggle to get out of Vader's shadow in real life yes and in the and in canonically mm-hmm. they can't make another Darth Vader no they can't it, 30 years 40 years 50 years of this character um, Kylo is gonna be seen as another dark Sith Lord just like Maul and you right. know the rest but Vader is Vader and so if you can't top him you kinda have to do something different you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make Kylo stand out in a different way and, and the first two movies are almost essentially about uh, a bunch of twenty-year-olds like dealing with the reverence of an er- of like a different um, set of heroes. Yeah, but like the same reference that we gave these characters, and then watching it all kind of fall apart because like we obviously can't be that. Yeah, we have to be ourselves. Right, and that's when they start looking. You know, that's when they start poking holes in in our. You know, the way we view storytelling, and then people don't like that. No. People are not uh, fans of that. Uh, what well, I, is... I'm, oh, all, I'm also like the guy who's just like, 
the like I was a tremendous fan of the Last Jedi. I thought it was I thought it was pretty great. I but I was also going into it just like let's let's walk around these tropes a little bit. Let's not do the same thing because then why are we making more movies? Exactly. We're just if we're going to just keep telling HD. that same. If, <laughs> if it's just going to be, um, you know, warrior monks versus Nazi chic, yeah. Why are we still making movies? And we're definitely going to need more than just another random C three PO part to be added to, <laughs> right. for it to feel like a new film, right? So, what's your bet on how Palpatine came back? Now we have two kind of uh, sort of answers, uh, right? Uh, With this helmet and time travel, those things exist. Do you think that those will be implemented into? Rise of Skywalker. You also have three because in in the uh, in the EU cloning was a real popular thing. Oh well, yes, yes, yes. It was. I'm going to go with the cloning gimmick. <laughs> cloning, all right. Yes. Do, uh, do you think we get young Palpatine, like a younger Palpatine, or? Uh, I don't know if they do young face necessarily, but maybe. Yeah, Sheev. I like that name. Sheev Palpatine. Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> um, people have theorized based on this moment, helmet and character that perhaps. Uh, at the end of oh, people and their theories. <laughs> at, have you heard this one? That no. uh, um, perhaps at the end of Revenge of the Sith, when Vader is throwing um, Palpatine, <laughs> Palpatine Sidious. Sidious off of the balcony or off of that ledge or whatever, mm-hmm. um, his entire helmet uh, gets electrified because you know how he's doing the whole Force lightning. Yeah. Un- what is it? Unmeasurable power or whatever the heck. Uh, unlimited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Unlimited. <laughs> right. Right. So, when he does that, a quick flash flashes through Vader's helmet, and you see his skull, mm-hmm. and then he throws him. Yeah. So, some people are saying maybe that was a clue that he could have passed over his consciousness into Vader's helmet, we, which doesn't really matter because Vader dies right after that. He sure. takes his helmet off, and he dies, but that helmet, Kylo has. So, maybe he was seduced with it. Maybe um, Snoke was seduced with it. Uh, maybe it's still existing. Is it makes, magic, 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 right, magic, creates magic, magic. like this weird dark cloud over everything. But, but Sidious is back. He's back to his his manipulating ways. He's in God, that trailer. I was disappointed. Were you really? Just because it was just like, oh, we're going to go back to more old stuff. I'm, I'm I will be outright disappointed if we never find out what what was the deal with Snoke. Um, I don't know if there's supposed to be a deal. But I feel like if Abrams did the second one, there would have been a deal. Because he started it. So he if Abrams did all three movies, it would have been something, but nobody wanted to do that. But they had to put him in the Hugh Hefner gold, gold uh, robes where he's sashaying across the, uh, the, the Jedi Temple or whatever. Uh, awesome. Are you excited for this um, Rise of Skywalker? Um, somewhat. Okay. I wasn't enough to fight through the hordes of people getting the day one tickets. Right. I won't do that with Endgame, but I'm in no I'm about to say, to I, I'm about to say, yeah, like I got my scars from Endgame. That's yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not excited for that ever again. Right. But uh, I am going to go see it. But I just, I guess I am worried that the reaction to the second movie will lead to an overcorrection that reminds me of Justice League. Okay, I um, I am intrigued. Okay by this film because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there is... I don't think that what's going on right now with this film has ever happened, maybe ever. Okay. <laughs> Where you have such a beloved franchise, such a divisive entry, and then the next one has to end everything and make 
everybody happy. Yeah. The ones that didn't like Last Jedi, the ones that did like Last Jedi, the ones that like Rebels, the ones that like Legends, the ones that like Rogue One. Everyone has to be served at this table. And I, as somebody who makes content, I don't think that that's possible. I fully think it's never possible. It's gonna, but um, and there's like a thing I, you can't read much into this, but there's like a panel where they had all the Star Wars, you know, the younger, the young cats, mm-hmm. and they were like, without saying anything, give me the face that you made when you saw the ending of this film. And a lot of those faces didn't look too, <laughs> didn't look too, like, peaceful. <laughs> like, mm. this was the way I always intended it, and it went the way it went, and it was like... But I also think that, like, the end of this story almost bugs me because I know these characters aren't coming back. They're not, right? No. Yeah, all the, the um, Ridley, um, Boyega, and... Uh, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, they said they're not coming back. Right. And But we not. know there's going to be more Star Wars stuff. No, yeah, there's always going to be more Star Wars. And, and and I'm convinced that, like, the next one will be, like, thousands of years into the future. Like, let's get as far away from the Skywalker age as possible. Yes. Um, Or, or thousands of years into the past, if they want to do all the Knights of the Old Republic stuff. You know, yeah. best of luck to them. But... Like, we need to get almost as far away from this stuff as possible to tell brand new, fresh stuff. Yeah. Because I think the brand is bigger than just the Skywalker stuff. I feel that. My only exception to that is I would honestly, kind of, sort of, love this to be adapted on Disney+. Plus. If they were able to get, like, a Mandalorian quality style Vader... Because okay. like we didn't get it, damn it. We right. didn't get what we signed up for. <laughs> we didn't get the young Vader, you know, terrorizing his way across the galaxy. We never got that. The closest thing we got was Rogue One. Right. Where we got to see him actually do stuff instead of just turning in a circle with his lightsaber. Which is out. which is a divisive scene because it's cool, but it's also pointless. Exactly. It literally is because you're throwing Vader in here. Like, like, yeah, we threw Vader in there for fan service. The scene doesn't serve any purpose because it's like, it's not like the scene was going to change anything. You know they get the plans. Yeah. yeah. It's just, oh, some red shirts died across the way. Yes. Mm. Happens. It happens, people. But that would be it for this podcast. Our second annual, man. Two years of you guys liking, sharing, and subscribing. And it means the most to us. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And you can listen to all our past episodes of the Major Issues Podcast. Wherever podcasts are found, that's uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app available on all iDevices. Um, there are a million podcast apps that you can go and find out there, and then you got to look for the Major Issues Podcast. If you don't want to do all that, go to Google, type in Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, also, I'm, I'm never alone here. I always got a co-host, but you guys are also the co-host. All the listeners are the co-hosts. So let me know what you guys are liking about Darth Vader, Rise of Skywalker. If you guys have continued the Star Wars comic series and you're digging that, you can reach us at facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on the Twitter machine. I believe you have a Twitter as well, sir? Yes, I do. It's a Rebirth GT where I can just lay down my controversial opinions about Star Wars and and just annoy the just heck throw, out of a lot of Just throw them into the ether, right? Just throw, throw those ideas into the ether. Um, yeah, man, we're here. We're approachable. We answer. Uh, you can reach us at comicbookclick at gmail.com. All of our links are in the show notes, including uh, a link to... Our T Public store, we have one of a kind merchandise designed by the members of the Comic Book Click 
family. So we got all things are popping with the holiday season. We got um, a Watchmen we're going to be covering next week. In two weeks, we'll be doing a Witch's Worst Christmas edition where we pit two Christmas superhero <laughs> films against one another. Batman Returns and Iron Man 3. You guys want to make sure that you guys are there for that. And if you are asking the question, who watches The Watchmen, you'll find out that answer next week when we tackle that. But, um, yeah, if you guys can just do us a favor, like it, um, sorry, rate and review us on iTunes because it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you guys like and don't like about this show so we can improve it. Because I've been to the future and we do become the latest and greatest thing to talk about comics and comic book media. But I can't tell you how we get there. It'll mess up the whole timeline continuum. You feel me? You, <laughs> you start seeing visions of your face melted into masks and no one wants any of that. So jump on the bandwagon because faces are filling up. Uh, we had a tremendous year this year, a tremendous two years since we started, and we got 10 years down the line. Uh, I cannot wait, but thank you guys for everything, and uh, keep on listening. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. My name is Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Darth Vader character analysis and comic book review. And remember, whether or not you see things from a different point of view, whether you're in love with Baby Yoda, whether you can feel the dark side of the Force, or you don't know who your daddy is, remember... Oh, my God. <laughs> isn't that what that movie's about? Remember <laughs> that resistance is futile. Remember that we are the clique. That is nice. <laughs> And you did that to piss people off. I did. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Peace.